The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find where Welcome to Career Day on the Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to learn about the skills accumulated and the lessons learned from a great SEO throughout the various stops on his career. Joining us for Career Day is a high-flying expert in SEO for consumer brands. Avinash Kanda is the director of SEO for Williams-Sonoma, which is a specialty retailer of high-quality products that owns a family of brands that includes Williams-Sonoma, Pottery Barn, West Elm, and my personal favorite, Rejuvenation. Outside of his work at Williams-Sonoma, Avinash is also an amateur pilot. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's our interview with Director of SEO at Williams-Sonoma, Avinash Kanda. Avinash, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Ben. It's uh, really nice being on the show. It's great to have you here. I'm excited to talk about someone that has a wealth of SEO experience. Uh, you know, we said that specifically with consumer brands, but first and foremost, I have to talk to you about your experience as a pilot. Uh, tell me a little bit about what it's like to be, you know, 20, 30,000 feet in the air with, you know, your hair on fire doing, uh, doing twists and turns. Absolutely. Well, it's a slight exaggeration, flips and turns. I don't do a lot of it. I'm a, a private pilot. So I fly small planes, not the high performance ones. Uh, the smaller four-seater and two-seater Cessnas. It's absolutely great. It's always been my passion to fly. After I moved to California from New York, I thought it was uh, the best time. I also had an ample time on my hand to do that, so I just took it up as a hobby. I don't fly very actively anymore. It's just a once-in-a-while thing, but it feels absolutely great. Rumor has it you're also an amateur model, so what I'm picturing is that you're the Indian version of Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> not exactly. I've done a few shoots before, but again, it was uh, just out of uh, you know curiosity. Again, like I said, it was a side passion project kind of a thing. But yeah, nothing big. <laughs> so the SEO is still paying the bills, but a man of multiple interests. Let's talk about your career today. Let's first off just start off by telling us how you got into SEO. Yeah, and again, I don't think this will be any different from most SEOs. Is one thing people don't go to college for SEO. Well, nowadays uh, there is there's a bunch of courses which people can take. But when I was starting off in SEO 12, 13 years ago, it was it was all being self-taught. So uh, I'd say I actually started off uh, more or less by accident. I was um, going to college for computer science, information technology. I was working on uh, smaller websites who also wanted us to develop the website and also help them rank on Google. And back then, it was not as complicated as now. So I started off doing basic SEO stuff as a web developer. And that's how I initially started off doing SEO. And this is uh, 2006, 2007. So talk to me back in 2006, 2007. You mentioned you're working with smaller sites. Uh, What are some of the SEO strategies that you were implementing? How simplistic was it and how easy was SEO back in the day? (laughs) Every single strategy I used, uh, what, 10, 15, 12 years ago, uh, is pure black hat today. So (laughs) I don't think I should be calling out those strategies. But what (laughs) I'd say is it was pretty, pretty straightforward. Google was looking at three major, major, major metrics on site the title tag, the description tag, and the keyword tag. Back in the day, that was really big. And, uh, and the only missing piece for most businesses was links coming in. So those were the only four aspects I was concentrating on back in the day, right from building the website to adding title tags and description tags. Again, more or less keyword stuffing. Again, that's exactly what most people did back then. So just because he asked what I did back then, I said, telling you that. <laughs> Uh, you know, let, let's call that gray hat. And, you know, the I think the dividing line for me is if you're putting white keywords on white text to keyword stuff, then you're maybe getting into the darker part of gray hat. But, you know, that was just sort of table stakes for SEO, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, I see that on your LinkedIn page. You started as an SEO data analyst early on in your career. Tell me about the organization and, and how did you land the job? Yeah, so uh, this is precisely during the, uh, the Depression. <laughs> I graduated from uh, Eastern Kentucky University uh, with a degree in computer science. So after my college, I was still thinking about which profession I should take up. I know I wanted to stay in technology, but never had a thought that I would go back to doing SEO. I got a job at a company called consultwebs.com, and this is a very niche the company which actually joined targeted very niche markets. They did digital marketing just for just for lawyers. Uh, they're still around, by the way, actually. So I started off doing reports and data uh, analytics for them in my first few months as, as an intern, and then uh, got inducted full time. I worked with them for a little over like uh, over a year doing um, on-page SEO for most of their lawyer clients. So you're doing SEO for a specific vertical of websites. You're focused on SEO optimization for lawyers. 
Uh, what was the reason for leaving that company? And you eventually moved on to a, a search engine optimization and social media role at Path Interactive. Yeah, yeah. Again, uh, it was a big change. Uh, moving from India to the United States one, was one big change. Uh, so I went to Kentucky. And from Kentucky to New York was actually like moving to another country. The simple answer to why I moved was growth. I was looking for a bigger challenge, a better role, more responsibility, and I was also planning on uh, moving to a bigger city. So that's how I landed a job at Path Interactive, great company. They're still around. They're an SEO agency, digital marketing agency. When I started, I think I was employee number 14, uh, 13 or 14. It was a small, small startup, only started three years before I joined back then. Uh, now they are a pretty big-sized company in terms of SEO agencies. I started off doing SEO for many mid to small to mid-sized businesses there. Again, uh, although I had a focus on lawyers, I got to work with different businesses. Uh, it was also the first time I started working on e-commerce websites at, at Path Interactive. So it was, it was a pretty good move, not just in terms of my role, but also in terms of the location. Uh, new experiences, new people, new clients. It was a much more client-facing role as well. So um, that, that's how I ended up at Path Interactive. So there's obviously a lifestyle component to moving from Kentucky to New York City for you know better or for worse. Um, so you mentioned that you had moved on from focusing specifically on professional service businesses for lawyers to starting to do e-commerce. As you're thinking about the SEO strategies, what are the differences between e-commerce and focusing on professional services? Oh, there's a huge difference. Again, the sheer scale is different when you're doing professional services versus e-commerce. When it comes to technical SEO, it's very different. E-commerce has uh, different site structures. The KPIs are also different when we are measuring and, and reporting. One big element which most SEOs at bigger companies don't necessarily have a strong say in, which is user experience, site structure, site speed, mobile experience. When it comes to professional services, because they're mostly smaller websites, it's much more easier and they're more agile to actually make these changes. When it comes to e-commerce, it's actually more important to bridge these technical gaps, but it's really hard to do that just given the size of the site. I've worked with some smaller sites too, but just given the sheer complexity, the entire dynamic of SEO changes when you're working with both of them. Yeah, it sounds like my guess is that a lot of the professional service businesses are also very locally focused, less competition, and e-commerce has a, a broader reach. So you're you're going to have a lot deeper competition. Uh, that's a good point. I agree to an extent. There's one other aspect is when you mentioned competition, I think even with local businesses, there's definitely competition because there's not too many places you can rank your local website on. Obviously, there's a local pack, much smaller than the regular Google search engine results pages. It's three to four results at the most. Back in the day, it was two to three at the most. And uh, there was heavy competition, definitely. But you're right. When you look at e-commerce overall, you're competing with a smaller set of audience, but for smaller real estate as well. So you mentioned that you were working with sort of smaller, or let's call them growth stage businesses when you're at Path Interactive. When you're working with these types of companies that are you know, smaller in terms of budget, probably in terms of resources, what did you find that drove success for your clients? So the thing is, um, a very good question, by the way. Um, I think 
every business has a specific need. Tailoring the strategy to your client is absolutely necessary. I think that's where I found success. Most agencies, back when I was working in New York, what they were offering was, oh, we have a silver package, a gold package, a platinum package. You get X number of hours, X number of backlinks. They were really specific in the contracts. Whereas with us, we were tailoring our strategy, our pricing around the need for the client. There were even times when we uh, signed up for uh, the number of leads uh, we would generate in, in a month. So tailoring the strategy based on the website, the competition, the target audience and the keywords they were targeting was what uh, I think drove success. Again, this is a step uh, even before we get into the SEO strategy, but I think it is a crucial step everyone has to take in terms of tailoring what you're taking to your clients. That was one thing which was very unique to what we were doing at Patent Tractor. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but my guess is that this is a lesson that you learned uh, with your client-facing experience, which started at this role. Absolutely. 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 Okay. So uh, eventually you, you make a pretty dynamic shift again. You're in New York City. You're working for an agency. You're focused on a wide variety of brands. And then you decide to go in-house across the country. Uh, you move to the San Francisco Bay Area and you work for Shutterfly, one of the longer uh, career stints that you've had. Tell me about the rationale for another big move and what drove you to be excited about the Shutterfly opportunity. Yeah, yeah. That's a great question again. So by by trade, by my qualification, I'm an engineer. So when I was working with smaller companies, I thought I didn't necessarily use all of my technical skills. And when it comes to SEO and technology merging with each other, I thought a bigger site would be that place. But most of the sites we were working used a CMS, mostly front-end dev work. Uh, Also, the couple or three of the e-commerce sites I was working on did not have a very complex structure where I needed to use all of my technical skills. Path Interactive was great. Again, I got an opportunity to speak at multiple conferences. I was teaching a a course at New York University for SEO. But again, going back to the word I used before, growth, that's what I was looking for uh, in my career. And this time I thought I'm done with the agency life for now, and then let me move to a brand. Much more focused, a larger brand where I could not just use my SEO, but also the technical skills. So uh, Sharafai was that opportunity. They had a huge technical debt back when I joined. It was a newly created role. They wanted someone to come in, not just doing on-page SEO, but also help them build a technical roadmap for the next two or three years. So that's how I got that opportunity. And and it was a big move, you're right, but the opportunity looked right. I thought I could uh, learn a lot as well as contribute a lot. It was a great balance. So I took up the role. So talk to me, once you had gone in-house, what did you realize was the difference between working at an SEO agency and being an in-house SEO? Yeah, I had my own questions. I knew a few people working uh, at bigger companies back then, and I'd always ask them, what do you do? Like... You go in the morning and optimize the same website for the whole day and then go back to work the next day. Because it was really hard to even think about or imagine what a full-time SEO engineer or an SEO uh, analyst at a bigger company would do. The debunked once I joined. It's a completely new experience for me. It was a completely new experience for me. Processes, something which I was not really habituated to. Much more uh, stronger processes, working 
cross-functionally, many more stakeholders involved, even uh, right from a smaller change all the way to a bigger change, many more stakeholders involved. The brand element, which never strikes you hard when you are working with smaller companies, will strike you really hard. SEO obviously is most related to the front-end part of what is visible on the site. So uh, anything you touch, anything you change needs multiple levels of approvals. And obviously with bigger sites, they're more complex. Each one is on a different stack. Again, at Shutterfly, we had multiple brands. I've worked on all of them. All of them were on different back-end stacks when I was working there. It was different working for different brands within uh, the same company. And the biggest change, I would say, was tech SEO. That's when I first, I think, stretched my limits in terms of tech and SEO. Before that, it was mostly on front-end. But then that's where uh, at Shutterfly, I learned most of my uh, tech capabilities for SEO. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help. And you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So I want to talk a little bit more about the technical SEO components. But before we get there, I'm interested to hear as somebody who was a senior manager of SEO and eventually moved into a director of internet marketing at Shutterfly, I'm assuming that you were taking on responsibility for not only your work as an individual contributor, but also starting to manage a team. So as you are now in a nuanced, relatively matrixed organization and you're a team manager, how does that contrast with some of the earlier experiences you had as an individual contributor? And how did you balance the additional responsibility, not only for your team, but also, you know, to manage a more complex set of problems? Yeah, honestly, it was more fun for me working in a team than being an individual contributor. Even at Path Interactive, I've had instances where I was managing teams at different phases and based on the uh, bandwidth and the scale of projects we had. But at Shutterfly, I did have a full-time team. It was, if you ask me, most of the challenges I've faced are the very common challenges most people manager face. There's no red flags uh, coming out out of that. But when it comes to just speaking about SEO and a team, I think it's a great idea. SEO is a mix of art and science. It's a trial and error kind of a strategy. And when you're working in teams, newer ideas come from all directions. And 
that was a really, really good learning experience for me. I had a really great team, brightest people on my team. I was lucky enough to have a really strong uh, execution as well as thought leaders on my team. Uh, different experiences, people coming from agencies and other bigger companies, people bringing new things to the table. So rather than looking at it as a top-down team, I would say we were more collaborative. And in terms of what it uh, did for us, it only enhanced the strategy. We played devil's advocate, agreed, disagreed, tested our theories. It was, I think that's very crucial for any SEO team. I think that very little is certain in SEO, right? It's a constantly changing landscape. It's one of the reasons why, you know, having access to the data and having an infrastructure and a set of tools to be able to test consistently is important. You know, one of the reasons why Searchmetrics has a business to be able to not only provide data, but tools and expertise to SEOs. One of the things that you mentioned, it is an art and a science. It's also a very misunderstood practice of marketing. So as you find yourself in more of a leadership role, eventually you move from being a senior manager to a director of internet marketing, not just a director of SEO. How did you manage to articulate the value of SEO and how did you get across what your needs, requirements, and why it should be prioritized? you know, working with your technical teams and the other aspects of marketing and and finance? Yeah, this is one of the most common challenges most SEOs face is they have to consistently sell SEO internally or sell SEO to their boss or the executives in the company. You're right. It is often the most misunderstood. Uh, It's because it is that way. There's no lift and shift strategy, lift and shift. Each site is different. Oh, you did this for one site. Why can't we do the same thing for the other? There are questions like that. And the second biggest challenge is how do you quantify it? In a world where SEM, you throw a dollar, you get a dollar fifty back on display on Facebook, where you just throw money and within a within a day, sometimes even within an hour, you see money coming back. It's really hard to quantify SEO. Not not some of the projects, but most of the projects have have issues now. Uh, I'll give you an example. If you have to put a sitemap up, a website doesn't have a sitemap. Google Webmaster Guidelines asks us to put a sitemap. It takes a lot of work for a bigger company to build a sitemap and automatically populate it on a weekly or a daily basis. What is the revenue upside for that project? Now, how do you quantify that? Doing an analysis after the fact might be a little more easier because you already have the data, but Forecasting these kind of projects is where the challenge comes in and selling that becomes even harder. So I think most SEOs will agree to this part. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll play devil's advocate a little or or talk through this just as a, a general marketer, as a marketing strategist and a consultant. The way that I describe SEO as opposed to paid acquisition channels, it is the more that you continually invest, the more that you're building towards your future. It is a slow growing channel that if done correctly, never gives that value back as opposed to it is eating your broccoli instead of eating candy. You can eat a piece of candy, you get a sugar rush right away. You eat a piece of broccoli, you develop good habits and you do that consistently over time. You build muscle mass and you have energy for days and years. That's great. That's it. The first time I'm hearing something like that, I agree. I think uh, that's a really good explanation of it. You know, and, and that's that's something that, you know, I struggle with, with consulting clients and, you know, describing SEO to, you know, even people like my, my mom and dad, what's the difference between a marketing channel is, 
you know, when you put a dollar into a project in SEO, the goal is to get a return of a dollar a day six months from now. It is not necessarily focusing on a, a real-time return, but if you're patient over time and continue to invest, yeah. you build this wonderful you know, infrastructure that you can live off of. So without me talking too much about the value of SEOs, tell me about some of the technical things that you were working on Shutterfly. What were some of the problems you faced and what were some of the skills that you learned? Yeah, so when coming to work at a bigger company, any new product the business launches is in some or the other way tied to SEO. You think about any marketing channel who's launching landing pages, any new tech front-end work, even if it is related to the promo engine, even if it's related to the navigation structure, the site structure, internal links, uh, the way you're building your responsive site, almost every project which touches the front-end is directly or indirectly related to SEO. So SEO becomes the stakeholder at multiple projects inevitably. It's not like SEO has an exclusive roadmap, which it actually does. Even outside of that, SEO kind of has a consulting role in most of the other projects. That's one thing I I learned a little earlier in my job there. It's not like you have these four projects, you need to go to the product and engineering team and get it done. You're already working on maybe 14 other projects out of which you have taken eight of them. Some of your existing projects will have easier fixes with the projects they're already working on. So just given the breadth of what all SEO touches on a website, I think that level of diversity, I I don't think any other channel has that level of diversity. When I say channel, I mean other marketing channels. So Shutterfly was your first experience at a consumer-focused brand when you were an in-house marketer. You've now moved on from Shutterfly and are the director of SEO at Williams-Sonoma. So you own multiple brands and you went back into an SEO-specific role. First off, tell me what it is that you like about working on consumer-facing brands that are multifaceted, multi-brands. What are some of the challenges that you're facing as well? Absolutely. Uh, I love retail. I mean, I've come to love retail when I started working at Shutterfly. It's just how the market is evolving, how the consumers are are evolving in terms of consuming content, their purchase behaviors, a consumer journey. I think it's really fascinating how advertising works, how paid channel works, how organic plays a major role in connecting the dots when it comes to multi-device multi-touch attribution models, I think each channel adds more value than the numbers actually speak to. How they all tie in together, how can we bring in a customer, how can we retain them, how can we have them come back? I think the whole idea of retail is really exciting to me. And you are right, at Shutterfly, I have worked on multiple channels. Affiliate being being the biggest channel I've worked on uh, outside of SEO, I've done some display. Some of my previous jobs, I've also done SEM. But... Uh, Big piece which was missing, in, in, again, my personal opinion, which was missing at Shutterfly was I wanted to work closer with the technology org. Although I, I did have an opportunity to work with them pretty closely, I wanted to have an opportunity to work even closer. I think William Sonoma gave me that opportunity. I roll up to the tech org, actually the product technology org. So outside of just SEO strategy, I, I work really closely with a couple of Strum teams building the roadmap for the next two years, also getting them executed. So this is what I was looking for and spent uh, six holiday seasons at, at Shutterfly. That's 
I thought that was enough. <laughs> Again, uh, no offense to anyone. It was it was a great experience. I've spoken spoken like somebody who works in retail. <laughs> you don't count the years; you count the holiday seasons. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I thought it was a good time for a change. And I've been a fan of West Elm for a really long time. My wife is a fan of William Sonoma, and I've been a customer. I love the brand. I've already have some history with them because I've done some competitive analysis. Uh, when I was working at Shutterfly. So uh, when I had the opportunity, I just took it. So it sounds like one of the motivating factors for you to move towards uh, Williams-Sonoma, A, you had some brand affinity, um, but it also gave the ability to go back to your roots in some capacity where you are still focused on SEO, but exclusively focused on SEO, but also working very closely with the technical teams. Talk to me about some of the challenges you're facing and some of the responsibilities you've taken on in your current role. Yeah, again, William Sonoma is over 60 years old now. So it comes from brick and mortar retail. So the top-down view is not necessarily the same as how a Wayfair or eBay might think, who are purely tech-focused. Website is the bread and butter, and that's how they start and finish their jobs with. Here is a little more, obviously, more than 50% of the revenue comes from digital but the other 50% comes from brick and mortar retail. The focus is slightly more divided. And obviously, the business realizes that digital is the next big thing. I mean, is the big thing uh, in terms of growth. And in the process of migrating from pure brick and mortar to online retail to actually being one of the biggest online retailers, I think from an SEO standpoint, I can definitely speak to that. There's huge gaps we've, we've ended up having. And... That's where I come into close. So when compared to some of these smaller, newer businesses who are, who have a very easy code base, not too complicated, built in recent recent times, have a strategic advantage in adapting to the changes Google is making. Again, this is not just for Williams and I think I can speak for most big older sites, take Macy's, Walmart, JCPenney. All of these guys uh, have the same problem. Adaptability to the pace at which Google is changing is, is the biggest challenge I have today in terms of technical SEO. I think it's a interesting and complex type of organization. You mentioned you know you're dealing with a fair amount of code debt like other mature brands are. So from a technical perspective, it's complex. There's also the notion of you know you talked about multi-touch attribution, but there's also the idea that your digital advertising can drive somebody to a brick-and-mortar conversion. How are you thinking about using SEO tactics and the impact that they have on actual brick-and-mortar conversions? Yeah, that's a very good point. Not a lot of people have been able to figure out how to measure that. Of course, there are a few few models, custom-built models, how to do that. Local SEO, that's the, the easiest and the biggest way, most easily measurable way to actually drive food traffic to the stores. Uh, we have over 650 stores all over the United States. And people definitely do search uh, before they go to a store. Uh, local SEO, pretty big. When you're searching for most terms, it'd be a branded or even non-branded terms. Google is going heavier. Most of these searches happen on mobile. Google is going heavier with the local packs. And there's a huge opportunity to rank and drive traffic, food traffic to the stores. Interesting. So as you've moved from working in a small agency to in Kentucky to a larger agency, eventually 
to focusing on a digital retail brand like Shutterfly and now to a digital and brick and mortar retail brand. As you reflect on all of your experiences, what advice do you have for SEOs who are earlier in their career who are interested in breaking into your career path that are a little more technical and are interested in the retail industry? Sure. I think a good SEO should have a decent technical understanding of how search works. Most SEOs I meet today, good SEOs, read a ton of blogs, follow Google religiously, but usually the gap with most SEO analysts or freshers I've seen today is uh, lacking technical expertise. And obviously, that's not something you can acquire overnight. And that's not necessarily what Google is posting or writing about on a daily basis. These are problems which happen at a company. You have to identify and fix them in real time. So technical expertise is one area which I would suggest new SEOs focus on. That is where Google is heading. That's where retail is heading. That's where most of the internet is heading. And building expertise there will give you uh, an advantage over the others. So uh, the interesting thing to me about what you're saying is that even at a company that is not you know, traditionally a tech company, brushing up on your technical capabilities as an SEO is still the first thing that you think provides value and leads people to success. So... Avinash, let me just say it was great to hear about your career. Congratulations on your success on the move to Williams-Sonoma. And we're excited to have you as our guest on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It was was great. I really enjoyed talking to you. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Avinash Kanda, Director of SEO at Williams-Sonoma. If you'd like to learn more about Avinash, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can send him a tweet at Avinash Kanda, A-V-I-N-A-S-H-C-O-N-D-A. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions or if you want to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed next week. Lastly, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you're feeling generous, we'd love for you to leave us a review in the Apple iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.